Good morning, everyone. Seven minutes after the hour of 8 a.m. It's Saturday. It's December 2nd, 2023. It's Christmas Stroll Weekend. It's the Cats and North Dakota State. And, uh, whew, what a day, Shane. I got everything going. And the mayor's in the house. <laughs> the mayor's in the house. Uh, Jeff Krause, three-time mayor of Bozeman, former county treasurer, board of regents, <laughs> and all around... <laughs> Bombiant of, uh, of Bozeman. Retired. <laughs> right, retired, yeah. and, but still. Political still knows, gadfly. Yeah. yeah, still knows what's going on. All right. Yeah, the only thing that has happened is his voice has gotten deeper. Yeah, yeah, as he got older, uh, yeah, I need his voice. <laughs> well, I wanted to have, uh, I wanted to have you in this morning, Jeff, because uh, so many people are talking about these property taxes and I think a lot of people, um, maybe some of the new homeowners here and, uh, you know, some of the renters don't realize how this affects, it affects the whole community, uh, yeah. pretty much. So, yeah. um, why don't we, why don't we kind of get a history going here of <laughs> maybe going back to the Schweitzer days of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of, of uh, how, Governor how Schweitzer. do we, how do we get from there to here? <laughs> It, it, so I was the county treasurer assessor um, in the 90s, 1990s, and I worked in the treasurer's office since 1991. And back then, property taxes worked pretty well. It was sort of split 30, 30, 30 between commercial and and uh, industrial and homeowners. And so, and plus, we didn't see this kind of hyperinflation that Gallatin on on tax on values that Gallatin County has seen for two decades and that just this past two years, the whole state has seen because your property taxes are based theoretically on what your market value is. Now that's done every two years. Right? It is right yeah. now. It used to be, they used to wait used to be six I think, years, six years. I yeah. think they did. Yeah. They waited a long time. And then, you know, yeah. um, and, and over the years, there, there have been a couple of anomalies, and the legislature stepped in uh, around uh, John Harp and, and uh, John Mercer were president of the Senate and Speaker of the House, and they saw uh, hyperinflation around Flathead Lake, and they passed legislation that fixed that. But mm -hmm. we have not seen that kind of legislation because... Uh, uh, you know, it was happening in Bozeman, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't, it wasn't happening all over the state. It was Bozeman where mm -hmm. the house you bought in 1990 for 75,000 is, you know, is now worth six or $700,000. And that was a sort of peculiar to, uh, the town that everybody says, no matter where you are in Bozeman, you're only 20 minutes from Montana. So the people in Helena were happy to take yeah. our money and mm -hmm. see our hyperinflation and, and didn't really worry about the seniors and the people that have bought their houses 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. But this last, this last appraisal got, they had gored some oxes, right? Yeah. And the, and the, uh, number one County, uh, with the highest increase was Phillipsburg. Their residential appraisal went up 67%. Wow. And their, uh, and their, uh, commercial went up 74%. That's in a two year period, right? We've seen, well, I mean, I just said, we've seen $85,000 houses go to 600,000 over time here. Um, so we're, you know, our 57%, which was a lot and somewhat egregious was something we'd seen before over time. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think the, so the legislature addressed it by giving us a rebate of $675. And that was aimed at the people I'm talking about, the people that saw hyperinflation on their homes. If you applied for it, you know that it was for your residence. You had to swear that you lived in it seven months. And then you got $675 if the mail didn't, you know, if the mail worked, which is a whole nother uh, radio episode, right? (laughs) We can go off in any tangent you'd like. Uh, One, the far eastern part of the state, um, like the extreme northeast corner, or plenty wood is, I think they didn't go up at all. They went up zero. Um, you know, there was, a, there was 1% in several counties, 3%, 2%. So eastern part of the state was not affected like the western part of the state. And west and central, even central, um, got clobbered pretty. And I, and I brought a map that your listeners mm-hmm. and my listeners can't see, but it just shows like Fergus County up 51%. Yellowstone County was only up 32%. So, and their median value of a house is 302,000. Gallatin County's median value of a house is 646,000. Yeah. So you see what I've been talking about. We've seen and a 59% this, increase on that. Yeah, but we've seen this hyperinflation for a long time mm-hmm. and no one has addressed it. Not this governor, that governor, the governor before that. Mm-hmm. They did not address it. They might've ratcheted down a tiny bit the uh, um, taxable value percentage. Mm-hmm. So there's, you take no. your assessed value and you multiply it by a multiplier and you get a taxable value. And that's in mm-hmm. some thousands usually. So if yeah. you look on, a listener looks on their bill, they might see 7,400 or 6,500 or 8,500, yeah. something along those lines. And that's what your taxes are based on. Um, and they've adjusted the value over time of those, but uh, that, that affected everybody. So that, equally affected the $85,000. Yeah. If you look at a 67% increase on 304, that's a little different than, than 51 on <laughs> yeah. 646. It is yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, so to, yeah. and, and that's why, and, and so mm-hmm. to whom do, should we give a property tax break? That's mm-hmm. when you look at yeah. something less, there you go, man, we got to look at property taxes. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, not to get off the tangent, but uh, I think the city commission just gave a 30% tax break to uh, some of the developers here that are building crap all over town. Uh, Boy, I I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I I did not. Somebody sent me something on that. I'll I'll have to look into into it a little different. But, yeah, they um, uh, they gave them $30 million uh, tax break to uh, come here and develop and you know, put their stuff up in the, up in the air. Well, there, <clears throat> there is a, uh, new, well, it's, you can't it's give tiffs, a new, it's TIFFs. Is oh, what it is. So yeah. you, there's another one you can yeah. give. There's tax, new, new tax, uh, increment financing. Yeah, tax yeah. increment financing. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, you know, I've supported those over the years. I, mm-hmm. I think in some of the cities in Montana, they've scraped off too much to subsidize city government which it never was intended to do what tips were intended to do. Sure. You have somebody go into a, a blighted area and they scrape whatever was there. And then they build something that increases the taxable value for everywhere. 
it worked very well in downtown bozeman let's face it that's a booming downtown that that you know nobody remembers that in 1991 bozeman's downtown was going the way of all downtown when i came here in 93 there were uh, windows boarded up downtown uh, and i was wondering if i was coming to the right place or not yeah empty storefronts (laughs) yeah Yeah, there were um who who decides uh this um you know the property assessment who who says your property's worth this much or that much or whatever so the montana department of revenue that's a state um uh uh, office Mm -hmm. they assumed it back in the 80s because you know we passed this thing that was called school equalization levies it's big it's big in the news right now the 95 mills that mm-hmm. yeah, many that's what everybody many, talks about yeah, yeah and many county commissioners cut to 77.9 um but the 95 mills what that was intended to do was to equalize funding uh from rich districts to poor districts and a poor district didn't necessarily have to be poor it just had to have a ratio of uh, property tax value to number of kids that disadvantaged the number of kids. And so, and it's funny because we all think, well, that's got to be Bozeman or Big Sky. Uh, it may have been Big Sky, but really the, the main contributors to, or the highest percentage contributors were coal strip, right? Cause they had four coal burning plants that right. were taxed. And so the tax... So the taxes, the mill levy on a coal strip house might've been 13, you know? And so then the state came along and added 95 onto that. Gallatin County has one of those. It's Willow Creek. They don't have very many students, but they got a talc plant. And so they have a very high mm-hmm. uh, value out there. Oh, uh, no, tri- no, or, Trident's on the, on the east oh, the side. It's yeah. uh, on the west side to the south a little bit. You go down the bumpy road down to Willow Creek. There's the talc plant there um and uh you have to go out to the um i think you have to go out to the willow creek uh restaurant out there to uh appreciate that you know Uh, yeah you can send the check willow creek restaurant yeah um yeah so um the dor does that Mm -hmm. and there's and they it used to be county assessors but the dor does that now and to try to equalize not just for the sake of the 95 mills to make sure that everybody's ponying up, right? Everybody's got a, mm-hmm. every County is assessed the same way. And I just, you know, we just read Yellowstone mm-hmm. County median value 302 granite County 304 Gallatin County, 646, yeah. you know, so Fergus County 166. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to make sure all of those are fair values, the state took it over so that the, everybody contributed the 95 mills um so yeah that uh and the mill is a tenth of a cent a mill is a tenth of a cent so if you want to know if you want to know the difference so you know everybody's going to sit here and go okay i'm gonna the county's gonna have to charge 95 mills and they only charge 77.9 i i think that's 17.1 mills you take your taxable value, which remember it's like seventy five hundred bucks, a tenth of a cent, seventy five hundred, one, two, three. That's seven point five bucks times your seventeen point one mills and that'll or you know, whatever that turns out to be, uh, that's going to be that calculation is gonna give you the extra amount you're gonna to have to send the county treasurer at some point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when you get when you get your assessment, there is a you have the ability to appeal. You do. You can appeal there, but once once the bills sent out, I think there's no. Yeah, you can pay under protest, but then you got to go to district court, which yeah. sounds <clears throat> expensive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> way expensive. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you if you take a, a licensed person with you, for sure. Yeah. So I think the uh, we a lot of people appeal. And I know of people that got them lowered. Mistakes were made. It's always worth looking at. But, and I would not say uh, that you just, you know, it's supposed to be your market value. I would not say to myself, oh, it is still less than what I would ask for it. So, it, you know, I can't appeal it. There, you could appeal it and just find out if there are any, any mistakes were made. Was there an extra bathroom? Is there too much square footage? Mm-hmm. Is there something on your property that lowers, lowers the value? You're at the end of the runway, something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I would not say just look at your market value and then, you know, which is what people will tell you. Yeah. Well, is that more than what you sell it for? No. Okay, then you don't have an appeal. I think you could have an appeal if a mistake were made. Yeah, so it's always worth are, checking yeah. that out. That's back in the late spring. Usually you get those assessments. Yeah. Okay. If you're just joining us, we're talking with uh, three-time mayor, Jeff Grouse, former county commissioner or county uh, treasurer rather. And we're talking about property taxes, how they're figured, uh, how, um, you know, what your options are. Uh, everybody's kind of up in arms about the number that we're, yeah. we're getting the 59% uh, increase on a uh, $646,000 home. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and everybody's going wait a minute what the, what's the heck going on here so oh, uh now what what did the county do the county is sitting there saying okay the state says 95 mils so what does the county do so they uh all the counties got together mako said well that uh sh-, you know because counties and local government they have something called the cap right and uh that that came that came out of i-105 which was a uh initiative that Montana's got together and said in the 80s, these taxes are too high, and we're going to say you can't bill any more than what you billed last year. That passed. And uh, shout out to Matthew Monforton for looking at uh, another initiative, similar initiative now. Um, I think that um, that cap got massaged over the years, but there's still a cap. And uh, it doesn't apply to new construction, but it applies to all assessed values. And it's uh, half the rate of inflation. So that's how much they can go up. Well, and if you're obviously 59% is not half the rate of inflation. So if the assessments went up 59%, the local governments have to lower their, um, their mill, their mill, the rate, they have to lower the mills, uh, anything over half the rate of inflation plus the new, the value of new construction. So, it's a little complicated, but let's just say the county said, well, hey, a minute, you make us lower our mill levy, but you're not lowering your mill levy. Now, this had never been addressed by Schweitzer or any of the governors, but not Steve, not Brian, not Greg. No one had addressed the 95 mills. It had just been the 95 mills had been levied. Counties came and said, no, you got to do it this other way. And that's what they levied. So that's what's on your bill. This 17.1 mil difference. I, th- I believe it is. I did the math on the back of an envelope here, but, and I've been retired a number of years. So my math is very suspect. The, uh, uh, but the, the, you know, 
and then the, the state said, well, no, it's 95 mils. We get to set that. And instead of the attorney general making a decision, it had to go to court. And the Montana Supreme Court said, it's 95 mils. Yeah. And they said the state, the DOR gets to assess it. That's really what they said. So there's a difference there. Uh, you know, it works the way it's supposed to. I will say that it is an equalization levy and it takes money from wealthier districts and it sends it to the less wealthy districts on a per student basis so that it, and you know, in the old days, those were industrial districts. And now it seems to me mm-hmm. that they're probably Gallatin County districts because, you know, another thing happened, which was residential soaked up all the uh, contributions to taxes that used to be paid by coal strip or mine, you know, mining and mm-hmm. industrial and, and uh, um, logging. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people living in Livingston are living the reality of a mill closing over there. All the mills closed in Missoula. They closed all over. I don't recall. I don't even know if there's a mill in Belgrade anymore. All of those used to contribute heavily to mm-hmm. to property taxes. They all disappeared. Well, what soaked that up? Your house, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so the impact on homeowners compounded from that. Do we know the, is there a rule of thumb on um, what goes to the, uh, what goes to the schools, what goes to the state, what goes to the county Yeah, on there? It, it is on your tax bill, but you'd have to, you, you got to know what you're reading. Man. Okay. No, these tax bills are, for, <laughs> well, it doesn't, the reason it doesn't I bring that sliced up, up very easily. Yeah. The reason I bring that up, I got uh, some information from somebody and, and I'll, I'll quote him. Uh, right off my 2023 real property tax statement, uh, 51.3 goes to school. 51.3% goes to schools. Uh, 25% to the state or the county rather, and 2.3% goes to the state. So I don't know whether he combined some of the totals on there to get those figures or yeah. whether it's that cut and dry. The state gets 101 mills, and I believe the mill levy was. 400 on my, I'm just looking at my tax bill, my mill levy in the, in the city, mm-hmm. 474.53. The mills, the, the state gets six mills for the university levy and 95 mills. Well, in this case, 77.9 yeah. mills. So they get, it's still not a hundred, but it's whatever, 85, yeah. 83. Uh, they get 83 mills out of 474. That's not 2%. Yeah. Does it go to the schools? He's mm-hmm. not wrong or she's mm-hmm. not wrong. It does go to the schools, but it doesn't necessarily go. It goes to the state and they distribute it. They so distribute, when I talk yeah. about the state mills, I'm talking about 101 mills or in mm-hmm. this year due to the county commission's action, uh, 77.9 plus, um, six, mm-hmm. 83 mills, almost 84. So, no, it's not 2%. Yeah. Um, on a city tax bill, I always figure the city gets 25% or 30%. Schools get the, uh, not the majority, but the biggest chunk. Yeah. Local schools, city, mm-hmm. county, state, in that order. Yeah, and then the counties 
kind of determine that with the schools that we have and no whatever. no the school districts calculate their own budgets calculate their own levy and then certify it okay. to the state and county the okay. city calculates okay. its own budget calculates its own mills yeah certifies that to the county to eric the clerk and recorder mm -hmm. and then from those certified levies and the same thing happened this time the DOR certified the 95 mills, but the county commissioners said, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. We don't gonna, think that's right. And, be out of, and out they had of an it. argument. There's no doubt in my mind that they had an argument that maybe the state in, should have indexed mills on a larger kind of uh, um, uh, how we fund education. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ought to index the mills. And then, yeah. so my head told me, Hey, Maybe we should index the mills, but my gut told me we have always levied 95 mills and no Republican or Democrat governor ever or legislature ever challenged that. Mm. So why is it coming up now? And part of the reason that why it's coming up now is because all of these counties that didn't see the hyperinflation will go back to the very first part of our discussion. So Granite County, Phillipsburg, a lakefront house on Georgetown Lake, they were not seeing hyperinflation all these years, so nobody cared. Yeah. But guess what? <laughs> that that town down there that's only 20 minutes from Montana, they're sending us a lot of money for hyperinflation. Let's keep this going. Yeah. There it wasn't <laughs> until it gored other people's oxes that suddenly we began hearing about property taxes. All right. We got to take a short break. Shane Matalbin, half man, half amazing in Kamloops, Canada. Tommy Goloff, your morning mayor in the house. Shane, or uh, Jeff Krause, former mayor, three-time mayor of Bozeman, is in the house. Ex-mayor. Ex-mayor, right. It's true. Where, where are you when we need you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with a lot more of this. We've still got to talk about uh, urban camping and uh, some other things uh, but we'll continue with the property stuff in the next segment. So stay tuned. A lot more to come. Go Cats. They're going to be ta uh, taking on uh, North Dakota State at the stadium at 1 o'clock. That's also Christmas Stroll weekend. So get out and support your local merchants and Party downtown. like it's 1999. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. 27 minutes for the top of the hour. It's Saturday, December 2nd, 2023. It's a, a Christmas Stroll weekend. It's... Uh, Cats taking on uh, North Dakota State. Uh, Cats are three-point favorites uh, in that game, according to the odds uh, out there. So uh, we hope uh, they prevail. Shane Matobin, half man, half amazing, is uh, monitoring us <laughs> in, in Kamaloops, making sure, making sure we don't make any uh, uh, outrageous statements or whatever. <laughs> and Jeff Krause, well, I, Jeff Krause is I, in doubt. I, I I try, but uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm all ready to go. Well, so let let's do this, Mayor. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the, okay. Yeah, so uh, well, if you're just joining us, uh, yeah. we're, we're we've been talking about property taxes, and if you need to uh, catch up on, well, if you missed the first half hour or any of the show, we record all of our shows there at KMMSAM.com. Uh, just click on Tom and Shane's podcast, and you can hear uh, all of our shows over there. So. But uh, Jeff, uh, well, we're, we're kind of going through the, the process, you know, where this starts and how it gets to the homeowner and how these things are determined and what rights the homeowner has. Yeah. And um, you got a great comment on the Internet. 
you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for having Jeff on. He's the voice of reason on the radio, full of outrage and fear. So, yeah. <laughs> and we do have fear, don't and, we? And I, I believe we have outrage and fear right now over these yeah. property taxes. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a piece of property that who's and the and the city special assessment in 2005 was $84 and yeah. some change. Uh, I got the new city assessment that, you know, cause we get two bills in the city Yeah, it was $1,167. Okay. So that's 1300% increase over those years. No amount of inflation or growth in population or growth in geography is going to add up to 1300%. So I think mm-hmm. there is some outrage and there's yeah. fear because there's a lot of people bought their houses back in the nineties and, uh, you know, for let's yeah. say $190,000 and now they're 646,400 and the taxes and on in some that, cases more than that. I think some oh. of the median houses, uh, we, we get all the numbers from the yeah. GAS and they're, uh, you know, close to 900 for a home and uh, 600 for a condo or a townhouse right. or something like that. So it's the taxes on high. those that, that, that people have to pay that made that deal with their government by buying a house for under 90 and th- I can pay these taxes. Mm-hmm. I can pay this mortgage. So, uh, it's I, now I two question. months of two months okay. of income. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. So can, would it be fair for me to suggest that 500% increase came from that incredibly new 10 year, what is it? $20 million high school. So there, yeah, voted levies, absolutely. You know, a growing city is going to build high schools mm-hmm. and um, elementary schools. And we do. We build, and we built a new middle school, too. We built and a Belgrade new middle school. Belgrade put in two schools. I Actually, think, Belgrade there. is harder hit with mm-hmm. school levies than Bozeman is. They were, for a long time, the fastest growing city in the state. Yeah. They're clobbered. They went from what? Uh, class A to class AA in their high school. They had to build new elementary schools. So yeah, if and you're in a fast a growing area, for long, young, and, along the line. and I, and I think young, having a young, um, younger demographic is a good thing for mm-hmm. a city. Sure. You're going to pay for schools. Yep. Yeah. You are. Yeah. So. Uh, but people that have lived here for 30 years don't have kids in those schools. Yeah. And, uh, and so they're saying, why am I getting taxed? So, so I, you don't pay on. Uh, you don't pay taxes on your unrealized gains on your Bitcoin futures. Yeah. The money you're playing with and you're not, you're not paying on unrealized gains. Maybe you are in Canada. The problem with government is, is that in, in seeing the size of the millennial uh, generation's children, which was bigger than the baby boomers, you know, we were 70, 71 million and it, you know, they, they had 73 million. You, they thought, oh, let's build this, all these new schools. And now you have the Z and X and Y, well, the generation from, you know, 85 to 2005 and 2005, not going to have the children. So now you're going to have all these nice, really brand new schools and they're, they're, they're not going to be happy kids to put in them. <laughs> well, that, that is not happening in in here Gallatin County I'll go say it did yeah. it 100 babies a month at the hospital last time I looked yeah something like that um so, <laughs> so. I, if I could con- finish my thought we're not yep. paying on unrealized value on our Bitcoin futures we are though on this relatively inconsequential uh, 
roof over our heads. Yeah. Every two years we get taxed on unrealized gains. Yeah. We don't, they don't tax unrealized gains on your Apple that you've held since the 1990s. Yeah. You don't get charged on, you know, taxes. Not on unless your you cash it in. Maybe you do in Florida. I think they have in Florida, they have a intangible assets tax, but. Well, the government's looking at that. Oh, looking at believe that. me. They, they are they, looking at it. Yeah. You don't have a dollar the governor doesn't, the, that the uh, government doesn't want. <laughs> That's true. You don't have a single dollar that, that there's someone in Washington, D.C. doesn't mm-hmm. think we should have that dollar. We could spend it better than you. Yeah. That, that is the same. I mean, I just gave you the 1,300%. It's the same in local government. It's the same mm-hmm. in state government. It's the same in the federal government. If there's a dollar in a taxpayer pocket, there's a, there's a government official there that thinks they ought to have it. Yeah. Pure and simple. And yes, so they're trying to invent new, I mean, what happens every two, every two years of the legislature, the Bozeman city government goes up to the legislature and says, we need a sales tax, Not, you know, and every, they, yeah. and then, and what is their argument? Well, we're, we want to give a uh, property tax relief. Yeah. And we need to spend it on these things. Well, the last time I checked, every dollar I have can only be spent once. So it can be spent once for property tax relief, or it can be spent once for new spending. Which one do you think the Bozeman City Commission would choose? Yeah. So don't <laughs> fall for that. Yeah. From our text line, 478-8298, meant to say Jeff is not full of outrage and fear like the rest of talk radio. He's rational and trustworthy. So <laughs> just clear that up a little bit for you. Okay. Well, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, brick and mortar schools are obsolete. We need Prop 13 like California. And so, for those of you who are not familiar with Prop 13, the taxes stay the same. As long uh, as, as you long stay as you in stay your house. Have a residence. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it is based on historical cost, which is, by the way, the basis of a lot of accounting, historical cost. And I think of it as your deal with the government. Let, let's mm-hmm. modernize it. You, you Today, you buy, or not today, let's say in the 1990s, you bought a house for $200,000. And you said, okay, I can pay that mortgage. I can pay those taxes. You move forward to 2023 and they say that house is worth $800,000 now. Well, your deal with the government is broken and you are liable to have to sell. And when you sell, you can't get into this hyperinflated market. You have to sell and leave. Yeah. You have to sell and leave. So the tax property tax, um, policies and laws in the state of Montana are driving people out of their homes. And that's a fact. Yeah. Well, the other uh, there's two other advantages of Prop 13 that I see. One is it it solidifies neighborhoods. You know, people stay there. You get to know your neighbors. You do things together. You have block parties, whatever, you know, those kinds of things. The other thing is that you'll you'll maintain your residence. You'll repair it. You'll yeah. keep it up to code. You'll make improvements. You're talking it. about stability yeah. instead of flipping. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Yeah. That what we have mm-hmm. now encourages flipping. Yeah. What we would have with Prop 13 would encourage stability. Mm-hmm. Look, um, one of the big arguments against historical costs has always been, yeah, but your neighbor with the same house would be paying much less because they'd been there a long time. Yeah. Look, I'm just looking at this and I'm getting, I have a $646,000 median value on my condo uh, overlooking noisy busy durston road yeah and the guy up there on georgetown lake has got three hundred and four thousand over on his lakefront property i'm thinking yeah that seems uneven already yeah you know <laughs> <That's true>. so <laughs> uh yeah i'm not 
Uh, I'm not that that argument makes no sense to me. And of course, it's all based on assessed value, which mm-hmm. is assessed by some people up in the Department of Revenue. And they don't actually come and assess your house individually. They take the sales in your little they got micro areas. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. doing it by they're doing it by two blocks here, four blocks there, whatever it yeah. is, micro areas. And they're taking mm-hmm. that and whatever sales could have yeah. been a guy mm-hmm. coming in who just wanted that property and would pay three times what it was worth. But that affects the value of your property. Sure. Yeah. So you're already getting that mm-hmm. inequity. Well, the other thing, too, uh, I know there's probably a lot of renters listening to us. And this falls down on renters, too, because increases in, in property taxes have got to be passed on, uh, you know, to the renter. Oh, so. absolutely. And, and let's not forget that $645 or $75 rebate that you may have you applied for. But mm-hmm. if you were a homeowner, but you didn't. You either got or you didn't get because something happened. Um, you know, that was the property owners who owned their residents who paid, you know, they were full-time residents of Montana. They paid income taxes. And, yes, we have sales taxes. Every time you go to the gas pump, you pay a sales tax on fuel. Mm-hmm. They pay sales taxes full-time. They pay income taxes as a resident. And they pay these outrageous property taxes on their residents. They deserve a rebate. Okay. If you're just here for a short amount of time, if you're just an investor buying up the single family homes, if you are a McMansionaire out there in the valley with your 20 acre property, you should pay full property taxes because you're not paying those other ones. You're not paying an income tax. You're not paying fuel taxes in the same way we are. And I think we need to target property tax relief on the full time residents and their residential property and historical cost does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From our text line, four seven eight eight two nine eight. have you heard about the $6 billion water and sewer Gallatin County commissioners are considering $25,000 impact P per user, 60 miles of water line from Canyon ferry. What do you think that will do to taxes in the Gallatin County? Well, uh, so in, in Bozeman, uh, water and sewer are enterprise funds and they are funded by user fees. So I use the minimum amount of water, mm-hmm. um, that the city will charge for. So I don't think that would affect my minimum amount that much. If I had to pay 25,000, you know, yeah. Livingston might be just my kind of town. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> And it has been, uh, and I think that, uh, so that's a deal, right? That's, uh, where are you going to get your water? If we're going to grow at the speed we're growing and we don't build a dam up sourdough, you know, we tore out a dam mm-hmm. in 1982 or three or four. One of those Didn't years. we sell all the dams years ago to no, we had a, the, so the city of Bozeman yeah. owned a dam yeah. up, uh, sourdough which was our water supply. The city of Bozeman owns a lot of shares in Middle Creek Reservoir, commonly referred to as Highlight. Um, We should have, we should take care to store the runoff from, that goes down Bozeman Creek or Sourdough Creek, however you want to refer to it. We should store water from the spring runoff, Mm -hmm. meaning a dam. And when I was mayor, we moved forward on capturing our old water rights from when we had a dam back then and using those 
to investigate building another dam and to proceed forward with that. As soon as the new commission came in, they said, oh, my gosh, the gorgeous lichen on the rocks up there. We should never build a dam. And where would I walk my dogs? (laughs) You know, as if walking your dogs next to the water supply is a good idea, right? Um, And not picking up after them, I should add. The... So, uh, you know, the idea that we're going to let Andy Halloran build nine six-story buildings and not have to bring all of the water rights with him, and that's what I do first. I would say in the city of Bozeman, and no, I didn't do it when I was mayor, but um, we did have water rights rules, and they, they kind of got abused because you could play cash and loo, and we were out actively buying water rights. Well, it's hard to buy water rights now. Mm-hmm. So we should say, hey, it's hard to buy water rights now. And if you're a local developer and you need to, and you want to build nine six-story buildings full of Airbnbs, you should uh, pay for the water rights for that amount of consumption before we approve any project. And I think that's what we ought to do as a city to forestall having to put a big straw in Canyon Ferry and running it back to here. As far as uh, wastewater treatment, uh, you might remember... A yeah. fella that used to call in all the time. Yeah. Uh, and there was an old one and a young one, and I'm talking about the old one. And he's a friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, he would say, Gallatin County and Bozeman ought to get together and build a big wastewater treatment plant out past Belgrade. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was right, but nobody was going to do that because no. it was maybe $75 million back in those days. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, and nobody was ready for what that meant. Yeah. But uh, he was right about that. Um, I think increasingly as Belgrade grows, as Manhattan grows, Three Forks grows, we're going to struggle with uh, treat wastewater treatment. You know, I mean, we put it, one of the big bombs, future shocks that's facing Bozeman, in my opinion, um, knowing what I know and going forward, is that one day DEQ and EPA is going to say, you know, the East Gallatin goes all the way to uh, New Orleans. And it passes through 10 or 12 humans on the way. We want you to clean it up to perfectly clean water, Bozeman, because you dump your effluent into that. And there's no way to treat effluent till it's absolutely 100% perfectly clean for the effluent. And it's so clean that it cleans up the water rolling by, too. Right. And yeah. that's the standard, point of source standard. And we're not going to meet that. And then when we can't flush anymore... We're going to have a situation. Mm-hmm. So finding a way to treat water, finding a way to obtain water. Yeah. That's a growth issue. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, from our, <laughs> from our app chat line, AM 1450 KMMS on your smartphone, morning time, Miguel Shane and Mr. X mayor, Jeff, uh, urban camping, uh, the topic of discussion. So you're only allowed to camp in certain areas of the city. That's a question. Are you only allowed to camp in certain areas of the city? You mean, why are they not surrounding the block that has the story mansion on it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah why aren't they not, uh, why aren't they not in that parking lot? <laughs> yes. No, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, uh, why they're not in the parking lot or up by MSU or, um, you know, I remember the guy, there was a guy with a really old RV that used to park at MSU. He had a toad behind him. Do you yeah. remember that guy all the time? Used to, sometimes you'd see yeah. him out at the, the hospital. Sometimes mm. you'd see him uh, at MSU. I, I don't know the answer to why it's not more often. Yeah. Look, other people, other towns are working on this. Um, mm-hmm. They do things like you have to move every three days. Mm-hmm. 
They prohibit the storage of personal property on public right-of-way or sidewalk. So no personal property, no. Mm -hmm. You can't park your snowmobile and trailer, which I've seen in the pictures. There's a guy with a snowmobile and trailer. Or some RVs. They won't let you park an RV on the... um uh, in some neighborhoods they have neighborhoods well they uh, we do have some we do have some rules about mm-hmm. that but yeah you yeah. can't park your own boat out in the street for yeah. three days without getting a ticket that's yeah. right yeah but you know we know streets where you can park forever um so it so and, and i think you know that it needs to be registered it yeah. needs to have working sewer and water for public health reasons you can tie these to public health reasons sewer and water to public health sure. registration of the vehicle for public safety move every three days to a permit accumulated mm-hmm. impact. Um, and so we could pass things that would not be an outright prohibition, um, but would, um, you know, sort of make it less convenient, I think, to just hang out on the street. Well, there's a cost to have somebody go out and, okay, you've been here two days, you've been here three days, you've got to move, and I'll be here tomorrow for you or whatever. I mean, somebody... Somebody's got to pay somebody to go out and monitor all these all these things. And you had an interesting thought. We were talking on the phone before uh, uh, we planned this, uh, you coming in and talking to us. Uh, you had an interesting uh, co- uh, comment on what kind of people are on the streets. Yeah, uh, there's, you know, probably... And, and, you know, you can break it down to five different kinds or three different kinds or eight. I mean, I tend to think of it as there is a group of people um, that are on the streets that the private sector will not allow to rent from them. There just is, you know, they have bad credit. They have criminal history. They have a bad rental history. They have a bad employment history or no employment history, history of mental illness or drug abuse. Those, you know, the the typical landlord's going to say no. You know, I looked up your credit history. I called your last landlord. You're done. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't want them to come to your house and take everything you own or just move in. So government is going to have to address those people. I, th- I, I don't see any way around that. And frankly, yeah. I think Snowfill, which is uh, up by the landfill, the old landfill, mm-hmm. uh, is the place where you could put a facility that would do that, right, in the city with the help of the county, maybe, you know, the county used to have something called the welfare levy and that was assumed mm-hmm. by the state. And I, you know, I, you know, it used to be the county had a poor farm that yeah, turned into Montana state university college and yeah. then Montana state, that was the poor farm, still a poor farm. And, some, uh, and so, some, I mean, yes. so that group, there is a group there and, mm-hmm. and you see that other, other cities I went to used to go to the Republican mayor's conventions and, and, uh, you know, they would build, more or less storage units for people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then all the social services could go to that centralized location and, and deal with them. Um, then there's a group that I think are just, uh, you know, their employer or construction or whomever employers got a trailer. He parks it over in the, uh, area he's working in and he says, yeah, you can live in that. Just dump the gray and wastewater in the, in the, in the uh, sewer, yeah. in, well, it's not even in the sewer. It's yeah. in the storm water, oh, yeah. which just okay. flows right into the East Gallatin. And, you know, and yeah. you can stay there for the summer and you won't have to pay rent and it'll be great. Uh, we need to dissuade that in a big mm-hmm. way that that should not happen. Yeah. And nor should the, you know, there are people that are saying, well, you know, I just, I don't want a roommate and I don't, 
And so I'm going to, I got a trailer and that's what I'm living in. Uh, but I think for the, uh, there is a basic level of society that Monta- that Gallon County had a poor farm that we used to have a welfare levy, you know, that we're going to have to deal with. And, you know, other cities, I remember the Spokane mayor saying, uh, yeah, we're building these storage units. They look, you can call them a jail. They look like a jail cell or a dorm room. They're fireproof, mm-hmm. et cetera, centralized location. And then he said, Hey Jeff, what do you do? And I said, well, we buy him a bus ticket to Spokane. So, yeah. um, you know, or Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. But, but I, you know, which he got very mad at and he said, you can't do that. You shouldn't be doing that. And we shouldn't be doing that. And I don't think we really did. We bought them to places that, that had federal money. We bought tickets to places that had federal money, cities that had federal money to take care of homeless. Yeah. If you had a homeless person in, uh, you know, a bunch of homeless people in, uh, mm-hmm. Winifred, you would send them somewhere where they could get services, right? So, And, you know, we were a small town at one point in time. Yes. We haven't always been a small city. And as we become a small city, then we're going to have to deal with some people who simply cannot, uh, th- that can't be addressed by the private landlord. Yeah. Uh, from our text line, 478-8298, the cost right now for mon- uh, for monitoring the urban camping is 300000 paying for two officers and garbage cleanup. So I don't know if that figure's accurate or not, but... Yeah, uh, it's it, probably it, close. It, it, it probably, it is very expensive right now. So that's yeah. part of the that's deal, That's what I'm thinking, right? yeah. Um, and would there be more incremental costs? Yes, there would be. But I don't think anybody's particularly happy with what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not. Um, I, I don't think mm-hmm. we should leave them or encourage them or allow people yeah. uh, to do what they're doing right now. I mean, I think about all the work we put into the tax increment financing on North seventh and to try to encourage that place up, clean yeah. it up and encourage people to invest there. Yeah. Invest there. And then there's going to be a bunch of people on the side street that are taking a crap in the weeds. Yeah. That just, doesn't work. Those two public policies are at odds with each other. There you go. <laughs> All right. Jeff Krause uh, joins us. Uh, three-time mayor of Bozeman, former three-time mayor of Bozeman, I guess I should say, uh, former county treasurer, board of regents of the Museum of the Rockies, and just an all-around good guy to come in here and talk to us. So. Oh, and used to talk <laughs> on the radio every week. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some real news when we come back? Sure. Let's all talk right. about some real news. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about, well, we had the stupid debate. Uh, we, we had, a, we had uh, one liar kicked out of Congress, 434 to go. So uh, we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be in good shape. We'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. Nine, eight minutes after the hour of 9 a.m., Saturday, December 2nd, 23. Uh, it's a Christmas stroll weekend. It is a Bobcat weekend with uh, North Dakota State visiting. Uh, cats are three points favorites. And we've got a caller patiently waiting on the phone. So let's take a call. It's the great one. It's the great one. Is it the great one? All right. It is indeed. All right. Jerry, what's going on? <laughs> uh, you got you guys got to stop with the great one. Yeah. You're going to get all kinds of weird texts coming in. Well, that's so. true. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Mr. Krause still there? He is. Um, I just wanted to get my two cents in. I did make a text. Uh, you haven't read it yet, but I'll, I'll 
I'll say what I had in the text. Oh. We could solve this whole thing about, you know, appraisals and, and, and that issue. Mm-hmm. And um, all you do is you get the judge that appraised Mar-a-Lago up here, and it, it'll work. Well, there you are. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's it. great. Why don't we do that? <laughs> well, yeah, all your property values will go down considerably. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I got your text. The judge, the judge who assessed Marilago uh, should be our assessor. That so is great. Yeah. Uh, I get it now. Uh, I wasn't getting it at first, but yes. Yeah, he uh, didn't have any yeah, more. A, a billion dollar property valued at eighteen million. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I don't want that judge anywhere near Montana. <laughs> well, it was so funny about it. What, what's so funny by valuing it? What he at his mm-hmm. at his price, it reduces. You know. Yeah, Trump enterprises taxes on the property by ninety five percent. And I and I have to say, I I think we have some judges like that. Mm. Oh, really? Because I've seen well, some decisions it? that have been made that have yeah. been at least that bad. Well, is it Knutson uh, uh, going after the judges um, here recently in the state? He was uh, subpoenaing something uh, that they were. Uh, yeah, the about Supreme their, Court. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know enough about what yeah, happened I don't either. Comment really, on so, that. But, yeah. yes, there was a little. Let, let, the ele- well, there is the great definitely one. Can, a Gentlemen, you've talked for an hour. Let the phone caller have something to say. <laughs> Jerry, how's your week been? What did you think of the debate? <laughs> Everything's been fine. I enjoy listening to uh, all three of you. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Krause, that you're going to have to sit in on some um, national issues and probably international issues here. So get ready for an assault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably have an yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. That's what we need. A third, a third opinion. Um, if you fellows are going to discuss this latest ousting or um, of, of the um, uh, representative in Congress, uh, Mr. Santos, he was expelled, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I find that uh, I find that rather one-sided. Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion, the man hadn't been convicted, and you have people like Menendez still in there, Sowell still in there. Yeah. Uh, e- even the guy who was convicted, um, mm-hmm. the, the fellow who um, the fellow who pulled the fire alarm, he pled guilty to a misdemeanor, so he's guilty of a crime. Yeah. But nothing happens on that side. It's very dis- uh, discerning. I, I'm. I find that uh, reprehensible. Well, it's whoever's got the votes. I don't know why all those Republicans. Pardon, sir. It's it's whoever has the votes. (laughs) Well, as to what happens. Well, yeah, (laughs) but a hundred Republicans voted to expel him. But where's the call for expulsion of these other folks who are you know you got Menendez or Goldbart? What's up with that? It it requires a two-thirds majority in the House, number one. Yeah. And so the reason that you got this to happen is all the Democrats voted for it, because how happy are they to reduce the majority by one, you know, on the Mm -hmm. Republican side? Now, there'll be a special election probably in February, and it's more than likely it would be a Republican. And this fellow won't be running again. But we'll we'll see how this ends up down the road four or five years from now. Well, I think I, I think I, I think the, the mere fact that there's no outcry for for the folks who have been convicted of a crime or alleged yeah. to have done something where this feller wasn't convicted, it just seems an odd, uh, you know, an odd thing. It, yeah. it, 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 I, I just don't get it. But I, 
yeah, I, Washington D.C. is very confusing as it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I don't have a problem with him embellishing his resume. Heck, I did that. Nobel Prize, Medal of Honor winner. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> PhD. <laughs> no, I, See, I had no problem doing because, that. <laughs> well, Tom, that's your bad record. That's why I'm having trouble adopting you. Oh, that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, why it, don't we it, sue it, it, them? Yeah. Why don't we sue all of these bad actor politicians, the president, the current president, because we just had a ruling in the courts that Donald Trump can be sued for any action he undertook that was not directly within his presidential duties. So anybody that's serving office, uh, serving an office that committed a mm -hmm. crime or that it hurt us in some way that um, uh, uh, that did something outside of his exact presidential or vice presidential duties is now open to lawsuit. And I, I think that's a, I think that is a double edged sword that people ought to be looking at right now. Mm -hmm. Grab it while the pan is hot and, and, uh, and do unto others the way they're going to do unto Donald. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Krause, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, why don't you get into the primary for uh, senator against uh, Mr. Tester? <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, I mean, I'd, I like your logic, sir. Oh. It, it, I, I like what you're saying here. Well, I, I'm almost 71, and I feel like um, I, uh, I'm not as connected to the world like I used to be now that I'm retired. And. Uh, I have a lot of opinions, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm retired. I'm retired. I, I put uh, practically 30 years in, in local government and, and the other things I did. And I just mm -hmm. don't, you know, I think I've done enough yeah. and, and I would love to see a younger generation of conservatives take charge. And if someone wants to get fired up about that, I'm ready, willing, and able to help them. Yeah. Well, well, sir, that's my point exactly. Uh, you have to lead. Look at how old the fellow is in the White House, and the fellow is trying to beat him. Yeah. And I don't want to be either one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm, well, no, sir, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying run for president. Let's start out with senator first. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, let's start small. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I, I have had uh, occasion to call uh, my former next door neighbor, uh, Senator Danes, about veteran a veteran before, and he was incredibly helpful. Uh, so he has my full support. Um, if there is, you know, uh, find the honest men in, in Congress, uh, I'm going to volunteer him. And, uh, um, so, you know, I've been in his commercials of campaign for him. I, there is a, a residual amount of, of that. I would talk about this whole thing about the property taxes went straight to my expertise as the former County treasurer assessor. And also I knew things like who's throwing the mud and whose ox got gored and all the inside baseball stuff on this thing. And I wanted to come down today and speak out about that. Um, I do think there needs to be property tax relief. This other stuff, I, I don't know. I don't have the inside. I, I would not be able to campaign for Senator effectively. I don't believe, but thank you for that vote of confidence. Uh, uh, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, the name's Jerry, but 
The name's Jerry, by the way. These guys yeah. called me the great one, which is no. absolutely an insult to Mark Levin. Well, that's <laughs> and and I would say, you <laughs> no, know, no, that, and my name that is that Jeff, not Yeller, sir. Yes. This, it's a compliment. Then <laughs> uh, uh, I'll leave the leave you to answer this quick question on your original topic. All right. Why is it that a friend of mine and people I know they live in a mobile home and mm -hmm. the value is going up? Can you explain that? And then, there, of course, the registration fee for that, because it's basically a vehicle, that went up. Can you explain that upside down of a – mobile homes are supposed to depreciate the last time I heard, at least from Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah, um, and in most areas, they don't. You, you would be surprised to know in the 1980s, the DOR depreciated older homes in Bozeman. So this old part of town over here where every house is a million bucks – in the 1980s, they were depreciating those down. So it is the the the, the appraisal is the, the assessment is based on market value, what the market will bear, not yeah. so much historical cost or depreciation or those common accounting things like Dave Ramsey gets in. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yet, and I think the chief reason to be wary of mobile homes, and we have a situation now where another mobile home park is going to be sold, um, is that you don't own the land underneath it, and it's very risky. And that's why you pay right. less is because mm -hmm. the risk of, of losing everything. Because if you own an older mobile home, no other mobile home park will accept it. Yeah. It might fall apart when you put it on the wheels and drag it off. And yeah. that's what happened out there at Bridgerview. Um, a lot of those mm -hmm. were just abandoned, um, you know, and, and it was a terrible thing because you lose your capital mm -hmm. and your home. Yeah. And that is terrible. It's a risky well, that, situation that to be in. Mm-hmm. That happened here in Big Timber, and they were condemned. And the lot rent, of course, is a lot lower from what I understand here in Big Timber for for a mobile home. Uh, it's just the, the the mere fact that they're assessed or they're, like you said, at market value. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are trying to sell their mobile homes and uh, um, and and move into a stick frame house. And are you talking about the one mobile home park for sale? Would that be the wagon wheel? No, um, we're on Griffin. No, it's on it's on the extreme east end of Griffin Drive. It's down there where I get my dog's toenails trick clipped. Yeah. There's a little pink house there or something, yeah. a little house there. Yeah. It's right where it runs yeah, right into the, Bridger Drive. Yeah, it's right where right right at the Gallatin East Gallatin River, right yep. on that yeah. intersection. That's mm -hmm. the one. That's the one. And uh, oh, okay. that one's for sale. And then I believe there's one in Belgrade for sale as well. And yeah. and you know just the. I mean, yeah. you know, that there was just a Supreme Court ruling, Montana Supreme Court ruling, that they have to give you more than 30 days. And I think it's all tied into the fact that you have capital in your, your – and the mm -hmm. city commission could do emergency zoning to uh, – but I think it's all, you know, to say this is an emergency RMH. It can only be mobile homes. But that only would last six months, and then it would revert to whatever zoning it is, and it would – we did that on Bridger Drive and Bridger View two times, and then the attorney said, and I believe that was correct uh, advice, you can't just have a permanent emergency. Um, although I would argue that when it comes to the federal government in this country, we have a permanent emergency. Yes, sir, yeah. yes, sir. and it's been going on since, uh, since it was established. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want yeah. to take up any more of your time. I feel like I'm almost like a guest on this show. Yeah, well. Get off. Uh, you, you, <laughs> are, yes, sir. you are sir. You're welcome. Anytime, good sir. Get off my show. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out of here. 
Oh, and you wonder why I haven't been on the radio in, in three, four years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so um, if I may, um, just to ch change the topic, and because it, it's a result of a wonderful phone call we got last week, I have a couple of minute rant here. Go for it. Uh, it's a public service announcement for the uh, wonderful young lady that called and made an inquiry about a bio lab and in, in Montana. So uh, it starts in September 13, 2005, when the National Institute of Health, which we all became aware of when I started talking about them in uh, February of 2020 with COVID, uh, they have, uh, interestingly enough, over 24 different uh, uh, institutes under them. And uh, they have a budget of $28 billion. And uh, September 13, 2005, they announced that they were going to be building and opening a uh, uh, bioscience laboratory for laboratories. So that's level fours, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's the most uh, uh, dangerous because it's, all, it's divided into four levels of study. Um, so uh, in, in 2015, um, it opened and uh, um, it's, in, it's in the Bitterroot Valley Hamilton, Montana, uh, the city's of 5,000, and there's over 400 people that work in the um, this bio lab. Uh, the one thing that did come out of it that has been of importance to everyone, of course, has been the uh, fact that uh, they did find and, and discern uh, 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 Rocky Mountain spotted fever and develop a, a vaccine for it. So... That was announced in 2020, and uh, it's quite interesting when you look at it from the, you know, the location. There, there's 72 of these labs that are um, under the National Institute of Health, and of course, this one is under the specific National Institute of Allergy and Infectious, Infectious Diseases. So uh, it's, it's a big qualifier for every type of major disease in the world that they study. And uh, the, other, the only other thing in reference to this that I thought was important to mention um, was that the uh, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, uh, they sort, it, it started back, at, it was discovered around 1900. So it, it, it's, it was around for over 100 years without a virus. Uh, or I mean, without a you know an antidote for for the virus, and and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Uh, you know, COVID, a cold. You know, it's been around for two thousand years, and there's one hundred and thirty eight varieties of it now. So, uh, interesting contrast, but uh, one I wanted to do the research on for this uh, caller and her request. I hope that she calls, and I've answered all of her inquiries. All right, good job, Shane. Way to go. Thank you. Well, big news. Uh, gold passed 2,000, finally. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty in, interesting uh, reality, that one. And the reason it's interesting is it uh, it took only uh, two days, uh, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, it, it, it went over and back. Wednesday, it went over. And then uh, later in Wednesday, it went to 218. And... Uh, Silver then followed over 25. So, yeah, as you know, I always look for tells in the market. This support wanted to bring up today. 
and uh, back in 2000 October uh, November 2020 I, I told we spoke about this and I said you know if you're interested go to that Nevada go to that Idaho bar and buy some gold <laughs> silver dollars because uh, now gold's at, at trading strongly over uh, 2000 it's mm -hmm. at 2071 today and, and silver's at 25 $25.47. Uh, the reason for that was on Monday, over 400 million ounces of silver uh, contracts were s sold to short silver and the price. So you saw the following day uh, start uh, a run on silver, uh, you know, for the, sh the those shorts to be covered. And uh, it's really gold has moved because silver has. And that's because gold right now has one of the largest uh, contract shorts on the commodities market in your country, over 6 million ounces, which is really serious. I mean, you know, if, if, if those guys from, that, that took on, took on the, uh, the traders with, uh, uh, you know, the movie theaters that were short and everything, get any wind of this and start buying silver contracts, which would be far less expensive than gold contracts, we could see a very interesting uh, uh, move in the market, and and that would scare scare everyone, particularly your major banks, because they're the ones who've been selling short contracts on this for forty years. Yeah, I can go all the way back to uh, gosh, the uh, days of uh, Larry Stanzel and uh, <laughs> when gold was going to five thousand, guys. It's a done deal. Well, it was it was two hundred and fifty twenty years ago, Tom. I know. Yeah, so, uh, it, the big run on silver. I was working in uh, Laurel, Montana, for, in the big, uh, big repair shop, and there were people down there, heavy into the gold market. It's when those Texas, I think it was Texas guys, tried to corner the silver market, and it yeah. briefly went up to sixty bucks. And yeah, you know, I made ten thousand dollars yesterday, <laughs> and that kind of thing. And yeah. yeah, that all works until you don't. Right. And yeah. then the yeah, movie, uh, the movie was, was fascinating that you referred yeah, to. That was the Hunt Brothers. They were billionaires brothers, yeah. in the oil industry yeah. back then. Yeah. And uh, what they did is they did something different because they'd had success with it. This was the third market they'd cornered. They'd cornered uh, uh, coffee. Uh, they'd cornered cocoa and they'd cornered sugar. And so what they did is they when they bought the contracts, and the contracts came due, they took delivery of it. So they started doing that with silver. Uh, they took contracts, uh, they, they took delivery of uh, almost 51% of the silver in the world, put them in the warehouses in Europe and the United States. And when silver hit $55, uh, the Commodities Market Board got together and changed the rules that you didn't have to hold silver to short it. And that's what collapsed the market because they had cornered, and uh, they went they went bankrupt over it, and were left to literally holding all this silver, which of course their state eventually sold. All right, we're up against the bottom of the hour, but we got a caller waiting. Caller, you're on with Tom and Jane and Jeff. What's up? Oh well, good morning. Morning. I'm calling from Phillipsburg. All right. You mentioned the name. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this county, Granite County, a lot to be desired, but I'm, that's not really what I'm calling about. Um, there's something that's going around, uh, 
all over the country, all over the world, and it's seeping in through these agencies. And here in Phillipsburg, and ousted by the name of Upslope, they're out of Missoula, and they deal with modular mini-homes. And they presented a proposal to the county commissioners of putting in, now get this, 60 to 70 mini-modular homes yeah. by the airfield in Phillipsburg on 25 acres that belongs to the DNRC. Hmm. Okay. The DNRC is one of those agencies that is promoting this uh, community... Um, Development, yeah. Yeah, and... and okay. uh, the NRC, the Department of Transportation, they're all involved in these thriving communities. Okay, I'm up, I'm up against the bottom of the hour. I gotta I gotta let you go. I'm, I apologize, but I'm I'm hard on the clock here. Thanks, okay, thanks well, you for your have call. Have a great day. Yeah, Bye-bye. thanks for your call. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Twenty-seven minutes before the top of the hour. It's Saturday, it's December second. 2023. It's uh, Christmas stroll weekend. Uh, Bobcats be taking on. North Dakota State, uh, out at the stadium at 1 o'clock. That'll be on our sister station, XL Country, 100.7 on your FM dial. And uh, they're three-point favorites. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure everyone up there uh, tailgating the has call, got us on. For the last call, thank you for calling. A company's called Great Homes, Inc. of Missoula, Montana. And you can uh, look it up, and uh, you'll find out about the 700-square-foot home you're inquiring about. And uh, it is uh, being reviewed by uh, uh, a number of agencies, and uh, especially that agency, you know, for hurricanes and, and tornadoes, and you know, it uh, can provide home. Well, are supposed to provide housing for people from natural disasters. But uh, yes, yeah, quite quite a little, uh, quite an interesting uh, company to read about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it looks like they're uh, they they got one going in near Butte too. Uh, they're, they're looking to build yeah. a plant near there, so so it'll expand in yeah. Montana. A plant a to build the houses yeah. themselves yeah. and then home. Yeah, they're, like they're a, like Gallatin Homes and, uh, used to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's they're what they're doing. homes, and uh, it's becoming very popular because it's all delivered in pieces and you put it up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So yeah, it's all. You know, it's all it's got all the wiring and plumbing all in, in all the parts of the house that you, mm-hmm. you put up. And uh, I live in a 700 square foot uh, place, and it's fabulous. I, I'm happy as can be. Yeah, there you go. Oh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'd find something readable on the air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always good to inspire a little profanity, I know, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So apparently, if you have an RV or a boat, you don't have to pay storage. Just park it on Haggerty Lane. Haggerty Lane. Uh, are you okay with Santos using campaign funds for online porn and Botox? I'm not. Well, uh, can you point out any politician in at the uh, national level who uh, has not used campaign funds somewhere along the line for something? Okay, I'll well, take that do. as a yes. Well, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. Uh, I, I, I'm okay with George 
Santos getting kicked out. And I think, yeah, me too. You know, so I support Ryan Zinke and his vote. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a whole bunch of them, but uh, frankly, it's not practical, but the ones that have made a hundred or $500 million or whatever, while they've been in Congress forever, they're the ones that I would want to investigate first. Yeah. So that's the bigger, the, the bigger criminals are the ones who got rich while they were in public service. Amen. From our text line, 478-8298, tell Jerry to read the Constitution. All that's needed for an expulsion is a two-thirds vote to expel you. There's no mention in the Constitution about having to be indicted or guilty of a crime. And uh, from Jeff, hi, Mayor. Always glad to have your input. Oh, well, thank you. There you go. Thank you very much. So. Yeah, the um, the many houses could be a good idea if you have the right infrastructure in and everything. I. <laughs> do get a you know when it's the government putting them in then i i have yeah, some you, other you concerns little... <laughs> right you know about who's gonna live in them yeah it gets but, a little uh, iffy there doesn't yeah. it? yeah um uh, you know uh it's so expensive to live in gallatin yeah. county mm-hmm. that uh pre-manufactured homes which yeah. used to be mm-hmm. a solution you know even though it got risky uh, but pre-manufactured homes where you know, I hate to sound like a communist, but, uh, you know, where mm-hmm. maybe the homeowners own the ground collectively, um, might work. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just is, a. um, I think we have some housing problems. They're not just in Bozeman. They're, mm-hmm. they're in lots of cities and yeah. lots of areas of the country. Uh, one thing I would say about people that struggle to live here is if, I don't believe for a second that it's going to get easier to live in Bozeman, Montana. When I moved here in 1975, it was hard to live here. There was no housing to rent. There was nothing. Yeah, there's not much. And there weren't any jobs either. I mean, you know, there you had like ag and and uh, government and yeah. dishwasher. Yeah, you know? but before I moved here, I I put an ad in the paper. Uh, reward, help us find a, a landlord that will take pets. Yeah, and uh, we got a call right away and got a got a house here, and that's great. That we that was on, great, we but it, 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 it is a risky place to move to and live. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not going to get less risky, and you know, with the uh, two mobile home parks getting ready to sell, and you know, mm-hmm. there sometimes you have to find a place that you can afford to live in that yeah. you can find a job in. And I have moved away from this place a couple times to do just that. Um, And, you know, there's, you can go on the line and you can find a list of the top 50 uh, places where income and uh, cost of living, cost of housing are far more equal than they are here. The top ones in the opposite direction of us. Yeah. And that's worth considering. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of one of the things that Tom and I have always looked at in issues like this. We, you know, instead of discussing the po- the politics and the policy, all of which is, uh, you know, it's never pointed toward the benefit uh, of the people, by especially people that get continuously elected, like in in most places. We we always take the position of wanting to come up with a solution, solve the problem. That, that that's what people in business do: solve problems all day long. This one's easy. You have uh, a, a significant number of people that own an acre to 20 acres in or around Bozeman. 
So uh, allowing those people, which is something that could be done, whether it's the county commissioners or the city commissioners, for people to put up this type of a, you know, a prefab, you know, 700 square foot, you know, to replace their garage, maybe, or in, in, the, in the city or on property that they have that, uh, you know, they, they're, they're older, they may not be farming or using it. You know, as much as they did, you know, I, I have a family down there, and it's probably in that position, and be able to put it on their property and do it properly, pay the pay the costs and and rent it. You, you could easily, I I would say, have a thousand of these spread across the you know th this area and solve that problem. But of course, you know, that's just a person who's looking at solving the problem. Well, we, we, right now, uh, we, you know, everybody used to talk about the vacancy rate for apartments. We're getting a, maybe even uh, higher than normal, uh, anti-inflationary vacancy rate in apartments. The problem is they're built new and they're expensive, Yeah, but they are vacant. Um, now, uh, you know, some of those people are going to, you know, those investors are going to be faced with the choice of going broke slowly or quickly, but, uh, um, they're, they're built, there are these six, six, five over ones I'm talking about, or four over ones that are being built all over this town, all over. When I left in 2020, there were 4,000 of them in the pipeline. There are 4,000 of them built. They are all over the place. Um, and so I do, and, and, and then, you know, you go out to Jackrabbit Lane, you go out, um, on the, you know, Cameron Bridge Road and those roads out there, you're seeing a lot of building out there. So there is a lot of building going on. We're going to have 8%, 9% vacancy rate in apartments. We are. Um, whether or not they are attractive to the people that are moving here or that are living here, that, and whether, and, and then the flip side of that is, and whether the people that are living on the streets are qualified to move into those, mm -hmm. those are different questions yeah. that have, may have to have different solutions than just the private sector building. Yeah. Well, some of the things they're building, I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, they were talking about apartments here in Bozeman that, uh, you know, the splice guard behind a stove, you know, the yeah. thing there to keep the whatever. Uh, $11 a foot uh, to put in the material, you right. know, not cheap material, not tin or aluminum or whatever. This is This is like... Uh, granite top or something 11 bucks a foot right and that's why these things are are going to be priced at two thousand dollars a month or or more right uh, and the other thing i would say and then there's the market so whether you put one in on your 20 acres you're going to get what the market bears or you build a five over one you're going to get what the market bears um and so the market um also uh you know, if you can get 2000, if you can get 1500, if you can get a thousand a bedroom, and even if that comes down, mm -hmm. there's a certain place where, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of rentals available and a lot of vacancies and the people that are out there shopping for them are going to say no. Yeah. And that's going to happen in Bozeman. I talked about the future shop Center with wastewater with. treatment. Yeah. That's going to happen here mm -hmm. pretty soon. So when I hear the city commission saying, Oh, we got to build more dense, blah, blah, blah. I look at that and say, well, what's the preferred thing? Well, the preferred thing is a single family home and you're not building those. 
mm-hmm. and the prices are going rapidly towards a million bucks, the, uh, maybe you ought to look at what you're, if you're going to play in controlling the real estate market, then you better look mm-hmm. at what your inventory is and what's in demand. Yeah. Uh, Prop 13 would discourage people from moving. Realtors would hate this. Oh, it would stop people from moving out of you know uh, their, uh, their present residence, but new new residents are built all the time. So, Yeah, so, I think it would. And uh, people do it, move, you know. I mean, right, for probably. any number of reasons, yeah, sure. right? Yeah, um, sure. And it, but it would, I think, yeah. uh, make flipping less attractive. Yeah. Well, I think it would, too. Uh, 112 uh, Republicans voted to keep liar George Santos in uh, Congress, including Marilyn Matt. Uh, that's telling about this party. Well, it's telling that the party doesn't want a l- less majority than they have. They've barely got a majority. So, it's it, it, you know, the House turns over every two years, guys. Yeah. You've got, what, 11 months to live with this guy? Um, so... You know, the xenophobia that is distributed, that is demonstrated by calling someone Marilyn Matt. Yeah, I know. You know, what if we called everybody that moved to Bozeman by the the, the state they moved from? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? I mean, everybody would have it. And, and so, you know, anybody that uses that kind of xenophobia, people that come here from, uh, that, that immigrate from here, are we yeah. all going to call them Mexican Matt? Yeah. You know? Are we, are we all going to call them Guatemalan George? I mean, yeah. that's when I hear Marilyn Matt, that's what I think of yeah, I a know, bigot, yeah. right? Someone yeah. who's against people that are not from around here. That's it. And I'm not that guy. I think go. one of the reasons Bozeman's prospered mm-hmm. is because we were an open town. When I moved here, people, you know, you didn't have any problem getting a place. Yeah. People said, what do you want to do here? How can we help you? Yeah, they did. Uh, right. That was, that was very different than you encountered in a lot of places. And so mm-hmm. we were, a very open community for a long time. And there was none of this Maryland Matt garbage or, or New Jersey, this or whatever, California. I mean, when you try to claim that Steve Danes is from California, you're way out of your comfort range there. (laughs) He went to, uh, elementary school. He went to high school, Bozeman high, went to the K-12 here. He went, he graduated from MSU. He's raised his family here. His dad lives a Marine that lives up the street, built my house. No, there you go. Go away. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Shane, uh, get a glass. Uh, your crinkling bottle, uh, is makes a lot of noise. So that was oh, a comment. Noise I'm making. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, always, it's always nice for you to compliment me. I really I, I'm not. It. I'm not picking on you. I'm Remember just. Mind, let's go on to some. You want to talk about the uh, debate? Let's. Let, let, yeah, like let's talk about. I do want to talk about the debate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Go. So we'll talk about where you get a glass. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of the debate, Shane? I know you watched it. So what was your what was your takeaway? It, well, only four and a half million people watched it, first of all, so it's, it, it's, it wasn't a success. And uh, I thought that uh, watching it, you had a uh, uh, first-hand opportunity because you've seen so much of the governor of Florida already to actually see who this guy from California is. And it's scary. He's a scary guy. Uh, he lies. Mm-hmm. He denies. He accuses. He mm-hmm. insults. Um, it, it's unbelievable that he was the mayor of San Francisco and destroyed the city and, you know, became governor and, 
you know, I one of the best lines was it uh, uh, from uh, Florida was, uh, uh, you know, you you want to run for president, but you won't say it and make uh, you know, the model you've made of California uh, the model for our country. Mm-hmm. And of course, the the only comment that the governor of California could make is, I could guarantee that neither of us are going to be, you know, elected president. Uh, you know, I just I'm sorry. This is how he came he came across to me. He's glib, he's smiling, he's confident, he's looks like he's fun to hang out with, he's photogenic. Yeah. He can smile and sell you anything. Yep. And uh, he you know, he's like, Yeah, that's my father in law, but what can you do? You know, and he kind of grins saying that or yeah, San Francisco is covered with what it's covered Ooh, yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. But it's always something with San Francisco, yeah. the homeless, the hippies, the gays, man. Let's let's mm. ditch this nerd with all the answers yeah. and go have a brunch by the bay. Yeah. That that is kind of what yeah. Newsom exuded the whole time with a grin and yeah. kind of happy go lucky and you know, and mm-hmm. then Ron DeSantis is looking, you know, like he's gonna Smack I, your I, I hands totally a little bit. You. Yeah. I totally, totally disagree with you. When you see what this governor did, mm-hmm. because Z was coming to town, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it's unbelievable. We've we've seen this on TV for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drugs, the abuse. You know, people out living on the street. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I wasn't complimenting him. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. He wasn't complimenting him. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> the bottom line is that, uh, look, uh, he held up a map to show you the city's own map of the, the feces on, on the streets. And in five days, it's all cleaned up. They're all moved, you know, to uh, uh, underpasses or wherever they could move them uh, for this meeting that was held, uh, you know, in in uh, in uh, San Francisco and the president and Z showing up, you know, so... They got all drive around in their, you know, armored limousines and see how beautiful San Francisco is. And after five days, you know, the fences they put up come down and who starts moving back in? You know, all the people that they they took them five days to get out. So, no, this guy is dangerous. Mm -hmm. He's a danger to your country. He's a danger to California. And he's he's done nothing successful. He can take the old numbers and talk about California. To you, but and everyone knows him. We all agree it's an incredible place until he became mayor of San Francisco and governor of the state. So the guy's a hypocrite, and uh, I'm I'm glad that American people got the chance to see that for the first time. All right, and I think that's what I said too. Yeah, four zero six five two two talk is the number four zero six five two two eight two five five. Caller, you're on with uh, Tom and Shane and Jeff Krause. What's up? Well, this is Clint, and I want to say good morning to you guys, and you too, especially, Jeff. Hey, I I think I invoked your name a little bit earlier. Did you? Yeah, because we got a comment about the uh, giant wastewater plant that the county's planning and the water, the big sip from Canyon Ferry, and I said, well, I can remember uh, the older uh clint calling up long ago and uh telling us we needed to build one out there towards manhattan well if i may we had the money and everything politics interfered with that well what i called about was uh is the debate thursday night yeah i was wondering how much money 
that the governor of California received for doing the debate. I'm wondering. Oh, they're that. not really. They're not all releasing they did that information. Was, uh, all he did there, I think, was uh, make DeSantis a, lo- a little more uh, known to the people. I think that's what the whole thing was about. And I would bet there was money paid to the governor of California. To well, of course go it was. It debate. was in a small city north of Atlanta, Georgia, at a Fox studio. Mm-hmm. So they they covered their costs. They flew them in and and put them up and. Uh, what, what other benefit uh, they may have gained from Fox? They they didn't re- they don't report it. You're talking about a lot of money, though, right, Clint? You're yep. thinking he got a lot of money to do that. I think so. Yeah. He was promoting uh, the governor of Florida, Sandy. Say he was prom- actually promoting, and that's now this is just my opinion. I might be crazier in hell, but I don't think so. I've watched these politics for years and years, as you know. And there's so much skullduggery in them. It's even when you go to vote, you're not too sure that you want to do it. And I think I'm right there. But the thing that's happened to this country uh, through the politics is it's uh, dividing the country something terrible. And I see it, and I think you guys do too. I think it's look what's happened to Canada up there where Shane's at. With that that Prime Minister Trudeau, just look what's happened to that country. And then you, and now the same thing is trying to be uh, happen to our country. They're putting one entity against the other entity. They got uh, the Palestinian. I'm talking all over the map here now. I'm talking about the Palestinians, the Jews. They're trying to. Uh, we're, they're. It's terrible what's happening. They're just dividing everybody up to where they're. they're it's it's not looking good to me, and I. I want to know what you guys think, and I'm going to hang up because I really get PO'd at some of this stuff that's happened in my country. All right, Clint, so, thanks for the call. You betcha, Tom and Shane and Jeff. Take care of yourself. Thank you. You too, Clint. <laughs> Will do. Bye. Well, uh, my thought was uh, the the one time I think uh, that uh, uh, Newsom got the best of of uh DeSantis was on three points uh, one uh book burning a uh, book banning uh, abortion and uh the gay uh situation um where DeSantis has been hard on all three of those in in his state uh, okay um yeah. and he okay. lost on everything else from his father-in-law and San Francisco being covered with what it's covered <laughs> well, that's true. in. And, but San Francisco's and, not the governor. Right. The thing that I thought uh, was, and I, I tried to say it one way, mm-hmm. and maybe it was misinterpreted, is he's DeSantis is not glib, mm-hmm. and he doesn't appear comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we know in this country, going back to John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon, that the smiling, glib, handsome guy wins. Yeah the debate, the televised debate. And there's a lot of people that may have just heard, and, and there's a lot of people that don't, you know, they all that, that doggone nerdy short guy with all the facts and answers. Yeah. I say that specifically that way. He had mm-hmm. the facts and the answers probably yeah. turned off a lot of people who looked over at the smiling, glib, deceitful dude and said, Oh, I like that guy. He could represent our country. Yeah. And, well, and that was a problem with that debate, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of people, uh, because it was on Fox, uh, obviously nobody 
outside of five. No, no Democrat in their right mind is going to watch it. Right. So this introduced uh, uh, Newsom to a brand new audience that he probably isn't reaching uh, on the View or anywhere else. He looked like the Golden Bachelor. So if you were a person that watched The Golden Bachelor, then you yeah. thought, "Hey, man, I've been watching that guy, The Golden Bachelor." He's yeah. kind of, and uh, you know, I don't watch that, at, mm-hmm. but I know there's a show called that. Yeah. And, but you know, he looked like mm-hmm. he looked like a golden boy. He looked like Ronald Reagan coming out of California. That's what he looked like. Yeah. And I'll agree with I'll agree with Shane. He's dangerous. He's slimy. Yeah. He's uh, slippery. He's uh, he's a typical Democrat uh, politician. Uh, I think know. Will Kane said this morning it was it was amazing how easily he lied and was such a smiling face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. We still have a full hour to go. The Cats are going to take on North Dakota State, 1 o'clock at the stadium. That is going to be on our sister station, 100.7 XL Country. And don't forget, it's Christmas Stroll. Wow. Yeah, plenty to do out there. And uh, no blowing snow, no 70-mile-an-hour sub-zero winds. It should be a pretty nice evening out there. Uh, it's supposed to win. It's supposed to get windy and always dress warm in December Amen. in Montana. Amen for that. All right. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Uh, you got to go. I got to go. Okay. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in, and uh, go cats. And yeah, thanks for being here. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. We'll be back with Shane and I right after this. Seven minutes after the hour of. 10 a.m. Mountain Time. It's Saturday. It's December 2nd, 2023. And, uh, boy, we're excited to be here with you today. The uh, Christmas stroll is tonight uh, downtown. So uh, get down there and uh, put your put your gay apparel on and <laughs> have a good time. At 1 o'clock, uh, the Bobcats are going to take on North Dakota State. Uh, 1 o'clock at the stadium. That'll be on our sister station, 100.7. XL country. So, well, Shane, the Supreme Court's going to look at uh, an interesting case of uh, what we were just talking about earlier that uh, they tax your home for unrealized value. Uh, But now they're looking at can they uh, do stocks and bonds and metals and investments and things like that? They're going to decide, they're going to hear arguments on this in December and then decide in June. What do you think? Uh, they'll say it's uh, unqualified and uh, unconstitutional. There, there's no guideline, even under the Federal Reserve, to do it, and there's no legislation that's ever been passed to, to consider it. Uh, so it, this is one of these cases, like the January 6th cases. You know, there's six cases coming before them. Also, be yeah. You know, o- over you know what what those people have endured, and so yeah, these these will all become. Uh, ma- major uh, issues uh, as as Trump m- moves through the process of defending himself and, as well as running for president. So, yeah, it's going to be good for radio. Well, it will be. Uh, yeah, there's nothing illegal about keeping uh, money offshore, Shane, as long as you tell the, uh, the IRS where it is and how much. Uh, and if, uh, if it's taxed in a foreign country... Uh, when you bring it back, uh, it will be uh, you'll pay uh, 
you you get the deduction of whatever tax you paid in the foreign country and the difference between 35 percent so uh yeah so people don't park it offshore to hide it from the irs uh well people do but if they're found out obviously there's a lot of penalties and stuff so there's really there's really no need not to let the irs know it's over there if if you've got it invested in the caymans in some uh you know cryptocurrency or some you know stock or foreign exchange whatever it doesn't matter no so and you know it's like the insurance annuity industry in the united states it's a 20 trillion dollar industry it's unregulated yeah, uh, there's no government oversight of it, and uh, if it wasn't for these uh, insurance annuities, you wouldn't have the sports that you have in your country because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, basically what it allows is a billionaire to go to a insurance company and say, "Here's a hundred million dollars, and I'm going to put it with you," and and they they uh, they guarantee them. You know, like a 20% return. So, you know, if they've got billions and they want to pay some guy $200 million a year, they give him a billion dollars. They get to keep it, and it's tax-free. It's, you know, it's not considered a taxable income. And uh, so that's how they pay all these players all the big money, and you know, which, you know, we've talked about for years, so people are informed, mm-hmm. especially every time a, <laughs> you know, a, a $28 million a year contract, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, for a couple of quarterbacks in the NFL, NFL turn up. <laughs> yeah, that's amen to that. Yeah, from our tax line four seven eight eight two nine eight, we were talking about uh, housing and uh, property taxes. Assessments growing because population increases. Demand for my house. Uh, tax liability should be pre- spread across a larger population. Seems like the government is getting uh, a lot more than they need to cover growth. Well, as we've said forever, uh, government, the waste of government is is almost incalculable, Shane. At every level. Uh, I mean, uh, there's <laughs> there's no way <laughs> to, to, to make that pan, pan out on paper. Yeah, it's too bad you didn't have a chance to ask Krauss uh, about the you know the school board trustee that. that... Would you picked as the next city commissioner? Yeah, somebody. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I meant to do that. Uh, somebody asked. Uh, in fact, I would love to know what he thinks about the city uh, current city commission, especially the debacle of appointing a commie last Tuesday. <laughs> we just yeah, had an election. Uh, we should have given the job to someone who actually uh, received votes. And uh, yeah, yeah, we. Well, uh, right now, folks. Uh, uh, Bozeman is about as blue as you could possibly get. I can't imagine it being more blue than it is. You know, Shane and I are the only sane voices left in uh, in Bozeman at, at this moment. Well, so, re- reasonable voices. Yeah. Well, even uh, the things that the, that this city commission is going to do in the next uh, few years, man, oh man, uh, that's it's not going to be pretty, uh, but we're yeah, going to be here I'm to talk to about it. Your governor, Gianforte, mm-hmm. you know, responded the way he did to the Montana Association of Counties yeah. letter mm-hmm. that they sent him. And, and it's yeah. important because it's, it's, I mean, from the village to the town, to the county, to mm-hmm. the state, even in this micro political area of 
of your country, uh, the the differences are just incredibly extreme. Yeah. Uh, everyone blames the invaders of Montana for the cost of housing. Every home or chunk of land purchased is sold by a Montanan. And that would be right. And that's good for them. That's good for them if you get the price you want. Yeah. As more, apart, uh, as more apartments are built, uh, when will the overall average rental uh, costs in Bozeman come down? Will it be proportionate? Well, rental costs are based on demand. You know, so if there's no demand for $1,000 rental, they'll try 950 If that doesn't work, they'll try 900 If that doesn't work, they'll try 850 and so on. You know, there's a point where, uh, you know, where you got to uh, pick and choose. Um, so, and again, it depends on what the vacancy rate is. The higher the vacancy rate, the better deals you're going to get on a rental than if there's a, a uh, you know, a, a small market. Uh, back- and, and the other problem that you have is uh, seasonal workers. That's true. The, the great thing about living in Montana is you have four wonderful seasons like we have here in British Columbia. <laughs> and so, you you know, you have young people that want to come there to work the snow season and, and the mountains. And and uh, in, in the summer and fall, there's, mm-hmm. you know, people that want to come and maybe w- work at the Yellowstone, for example, and live mm-hmm. in Bozeman or... Uh, but this is who it hurts the most and uh, doesn't help local businesses because a lot of uh, seasonal workers are required mm-hmm. for your economy to uh, maintain itself. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I met a nice uh, ta- a Taiwanese man on the uh, plane on one of my trips uh, who uh, did seasonal work uh, in uh, Yellowstone. So, yeah, we get a lot of a lot of that comes here, and and uh, Big Sky, I think, has uh, built housing for some of the workers that they have down there. So, yeah, it can be done. Well, so. we have we have the same problem here with uh, uh, you know the price of real estate, and uh, it's very similar to yours because we're a second, mm-hmm. like you, were a, became a secondary market. Although uh, Vancouver was a primary market, yeah, and you know that started 15 years ago, and it's done nothing but gone up, and. Uh, the result of that is uh, in, interesting in the impact it has directly on business and people. But the, it, it's so interesting how inflation or government overspending or the increase in the Fed rate and mortgage rates and so on and so forth mm. have such a greater impact. Uh, so it, it, it reduces people's ability to move around. Yeah. Uh, governor of California received the same amount of money as the governor of Florida for doing the debate, and I would imagine that's probably true oh, that they would that. get yeah, they would yeah, uh, yeah. get equal equal pay or equal equal uh, do- donations to their campaigns. Probably <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they got. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, from our text line, 478-8298, my son lives in Florida and says the governor is awesome. So, well, take your word for it. If you live there, you must know. Well, you know, as I have said, and I feel it's fair to say, you know, DeSantis had the best uh, political line in 23 when he stood up and said, you know, mm-hmm. woke, it comes to Florida to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I, I don't that's know a why. That's a great, that's a, that's a great line. That's for sure. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just want to shout out and comment about 
um, this week. The, we, we all lost a, a lot of amazing people. Tina Turner, Tony Bennett, and Gordon Lightfoot, David Crosby, of course, this year. But uh, Henry Kissinger, Yeah. Uh, we find out that uh, Sandra O'Connor has seen it today. And, mm -hmm. and, of course, Charlie Munger. And for those of you that may not know, Charlie Munger was, uh, you know, Buffett, Warren Buffett's partner in, in um, Berkshire Hathaway. He had a $2.6 billion estate. And uh, it, it, one of the things I found fascinating when I was reading about him is he, he's a self, he was a self-taught architect. So he designed uh, university buildings uh, for universities uh, to house students with uh, rooms. And I had one when I was at CU, very small. I mean, we had had a roommate and we had two, two twin, little, little tiny beds and, yeah. and two, little, <laughs> two little desks with lights and it was great. And yeah. we went down and had food and everything, but no window. And, and he, he, he thought that this was a great idea because it would force people to go out and socialize and and be in brighter areas like, you know, the food yeah. service area or a library area and, and not stay in the room except to study maybe or, to, well, study quite because it was quiet, but also yeah. to sleep. And uh, he, he built uh, several of these uh, and provided, you know, literally hundreds of millions of dollars for universities to do this. So that's just one thing in his life. I mean, the... Mm. the, the uh, the philanthropy of this man was significant, but uh, it's uh, it's amazing be, because he was a firm believer, as I was, that if you're going to buy a stock, you want one that pays a dividend because mm -hmm. if they're wealthy enough to pay you a dividend, they're okay. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. long term, <laughs> and and uh, you know it, it's an it's an insurance policy, yeah. but uh, mm -hmm. the the success of these two men is unheralded. There's there's nothing to compare to to Berkshire Hathaway, and uh, it, it's, uh, you know, both of them had this whole idea that you don't split a stock, yeah. you know, to expand the shareholder base. You, you don't need to, and that's why it trades at such an amazing price that it does. And, and But it it's like all stocks. It's uh, it still got whacked, even though it trades at $500,000 a share. Average shareholder in mm -hmm. Berkshire Hathaway won. Yeah, they one share. One yeah, share. half a million. Well, that's true. But uh, uh, Warren had a pretty good philosophy: uh, invest in well-run companies with a future. That's right. Yep. And paying an interest, uh, paying you a dividend, guarantees yeah. a future. There you are. Uh, from our app chat line, AM fourteen fifty KMMS on your smartphone. Rental rates are based on cost of building, taxes, and upkeep, and profit. Not demand. There's 4,000 apartments in Bozone uh, are based on, <laughs> and none are based on demand. <laughs> demand is for 500 to 1,000 apartments, hence the campers. Well, I don't know if I'll agree with that or not, but uh, obviously a landlord has certain costs in maintenance and upkeep of the property. Uh, there's, a, there's a cost you can't go below on rent, obviously, so... You know, uh, or you're going right. to have to make up the difference to the bank. But all and any losses are tax deductible. So yeah, if true. it's a, a larger company with other properties, mm -hmm. uh, they, you know, th this isn't an issue. Yeah. We, we, you know, we've said that, uh, uh, you know, in the first quarter of this coming year, 
um, you know, the $20 trillion commercial real estate industry, there's $4 trillion in debt that has to be rolled over in your country for, you know, corporate uh, ownership. So we'll see how that goes. And yeah. I still believe that the uh, December meeting, they'll raise the Fed rate at least half a point. It probably they could go as high as a point because sure. well, core inflation, as you know, and I know what they talk about is 5.6%. You know, they, they want to get it down, they say, to one or two. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the actual with food and food and gas, just food and gas included is, you know, we're at 15 to 18 percent in both our countries. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to Jeff for a lot of years. I think we could make an AI based on Jeff uh, to run things and we would be all right. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we need to create an AI candidate for uh, Jeff to run for the Senate. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Dow breaks uh, 36,000. Finally back to Trump era number, Shane. <laughs> well, that's right. And the, the Nike is, uh, you know, over 33, 34. Mm -hmm. there, it's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, another couple of tells. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, let's talk about just one. The Standard & Poor's 500. Okay, 500 companies listed on it. Now, two things that are really important. If the Standard & Poor's 500 board approves you being listed and they remove someone, um, everybody that participates in the market has a requirement under agreement to buy a certain amount of your stock. So it's a big win if you get picked to, to go on the Standard & Poor's 500. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. It, you, you watch every day and you see Standard & Poor's 500 going up, the Dow going up and nasdaq standard and poor's folks 200 companies of the 500 are losing money mm -hmm. 200 yeah a hundred um are, are breaking even so 300 out of 500 breaking even losing money of the 200 left 140 are barely making a profit uh that doesn't it, it doesn't equate to their earnings per share value so basically you have less than 50 to 75 stocks that are causing this market to move. Uh, you know, the, the NASDAQ, similar numbers, um, the Dow Jones for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, it's, it's one of these things you look at and, uh, you know, when they talk about the technology markets and, and uh, the great name they gave, you know, mm -hmm. Amazon and, Nike, or I mean Netflix, and so forth. These are the only stocks that are showing any, well, I guess liquidity and being able to buy and sell it, or or move, movement that keeps driving these indexes up that you see everyone talking about like it's a great thing. It's not, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's why uh, this this uh, uh, recession you're in, which will not be a soft landing, and and uh, you know they're, they're trying to separate it out. You know, this sector's in a recession or that. You don't have sectors in your market in a recession and not have an overall <laughs> recession. But they're trying everything they can to try and maintain these market mm -hmm. values. Uh, news this week's not good out of China. They have now have three consecutive months of uh, no growth um, and, and down, you know, like a significant numbers, 3%. Um, August, let's see, September, August, September, October, all three months down 
uh, their exports are down uh, 30%. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> again, everybody keeps talking about, oh, we want to have the support of China, and they're going to take over the world. And they're the All of this is just a flat-out lie and misdirection and misinformation. So those of you that listen to us, we'll tell you the truth. Keep you posted. More later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. It's... Uh... It's going to be an interesting year, you know, how how these things pan yes, out, how I they, guess. Uh, yeah. how they sort out, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So, uh, boy, I don't know. So, it's it's going to be quite a quite a, uh, quite a difference, yeah. Well, that's right. And, and, and you've seen on all the networks, uh, across the social media networks, mm -hmm. uh, all these uh, urban... African-American mayors, you know, to, trying to drag up, you know, all this stuff about uh, the federal government helping them and the needs that they need mm -hmm. or the needs they have because of, you know, being sanctuary cities and taking in uh, all these people that have invaded your country. You know, there, there's going to be an accounting of that at, at some point. It has to be. It's just a natural thing. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this five times since 1972 when I first got in the market. And it isn't about how much knowledge you have or all the numbers that you run, but right now AI probably has the most influence on your market than anything else right now because they've all been using it since IBM, you know, came mm -hmm. up with their AI and, and uh, you know, Dr. Watson, well, Watson they call it, we yeah. did. But uh, you see, you're, you're, we're, stare, we're all staring into an abyss at watching it happen. It's like, you know, what's going on with uh, this global war that we're, we see everywhere. So tough times coming, and uh, we'll keep everybody, again, informed later. That's for sure, yeah. Well, <clears throat> we're, going into, uh, we're going into the silly season, Shane, uh, the silly shopping yes. season. And uh, we'll see... Uh, how the um, well, we come back. We'll have the numbers for you for Cyber Monday and um, and uh, yeah, we should. Yeah, Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got those. I got those numbers. I think somewhere. And let's take a phone call before we have to go. Caller, you're on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, would you do me a favor? Sure. What is the governor of California's last name? I keep forgetting it. Newsom. Newsom. Gavin oh, Gavin geez. Newsom, yeah. I thought it was nuisance. Yeah, well, that's close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait a second. That, that was good. good. <laughs> that was good. You should go viral on that one. <laughs> Excellent call. Yeah. Short and to the point, right? That's yeah, what we need, Shane. Short good. and to the point. <laughs> Works out pretty well, so. Well, we come back. Uh, Congress is considering credit card bills that could throw holiday plans into reverse, so. Congress is, I don't know, Shane, uh, these guys, <laughs> we got rid of one liar and now only 434 to go. So <laughs> I don't know how we're, how we're going to handle this. But, uh, and of course, we got to talk a little bit about Santos uh, leaving. And uh, Haley, uh, Haley got, uh, got the Koch brothers. Uh, well, there's only one of them now. <laughs> the other right. one died. So uh, they got the uh, Koch family uh, behind her. So we'll talk about that when we come back as well. So a lot to cover here in our last half hour. So it's Christmas Stroll weekend, uh, Christmas Stroll downtown Bozeman today. Uh, around, starts around 5 o'clock or so. 
The spiders are up downtown, so it's a festive-looking place. And uh, the Bobcats are going to take on Northern or uh, North Dakota State coming up at 1 o'clock. That'll be on our sister station, 100.7, on your FM dial. So stay tuned for that. Jay and I will return with a final half hour and some uh, positive thoughts for the holiday season. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if there's anything positive out there. 27 minutes for the top of the hour. It's uh, Saturday, it's December 2nd, 2023, Christmas Stroll Weekend, and the Cats take on uh, North Dakota State at the stadium at 1 p.m. this afternoon. So you can catch that on our sister station, 100.7 FM. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average on Tuesday surpassed 30,000 points for the first time in history. Of the blue chip index, stocks pushed higher as Pennsylvania certified President-elect Joe Biden's win in that state and investors cheered the White House move to pave the way for President Trump's exit from the Oval Office. So, yes, Trump was in the 30,000 range, but as we've said a billion friggin' times, presidents don't have anything to do with the stock market. Presidents don't have anything to do with unemployment. Presidents don't have anything to do with uh, with gas prices. They don't have anything to do with energy. They don't. Sorry. <laughs> but they do have control over interest rates. Well, um, yeah, with the Federal Reserve, I guess. So, yeah, that's <laughs> in true. there, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and to make that even better, the Dow jumped uh, or dropped uh, four hundred fifty points. Uh, to get that 30,000. So, oh, there you are. <laughs> so please don't give me, don't tell me. Uh, local Bozemanite here. They were never called the spiders until outsiders called them that. Okay, well, <laughs> count me in, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what they were called before, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell Shane that. Uh, it pains you, doesn't it, to report good news about the stock market, gas prices, and unemployment? No, it doesn't, it doesn't pain me at all because it has to do with business, and this is open for business. So business controls right. all of that. That's so. right. And, and I have no problem with it either. I mean, there, yeah. there's some great reasons for a lot of stocks to be doing well sure. at this time. Yeah. You know, new innovation, new invention, new technology. We, we, and we talk about those. You know, even you've come around to electric flying vehicles. I mean, it's, you know, I think it would be another two years, but the, now they're being licensed in all over. It's just incredible. So there's articles every week about it. So we'll, we'll wind up and run that way. You think so? Huh? Everybody's looking. Well, everyone's looking for, you know, the, the, uh, the next great experience of uh, technology boom, and uh, they're they're trying yeah. to push, of course, global warming and AI. But yeah, that, it, that that's not going to do what electric flying vehicles will do. It, it's it'll be now a plus two to three trillion dollar market by 2050, and it will now probably, no question, in uh, you know, uh, a million to five million people mm -hmm. will be directly or indirectly involved and be making six figure salaries. So. This is like the uh, industrial revolution, the IT revolution, uh, AI revolution. This is going to be a revolution that will set apart the United States in particular. All the right. Rest of the world. That's the deal. 
406-522-TALK is the number, 406-522-8255. Call your own with Tom and Shane. What's up? Good morning, Tom and Shane. Good morning. Tom, you, Tom, you say that the president doesn't have any control over those in it, those uh, commodities, oil, energy, et cetera. Yeah. But the policies create those issues. Okay. How does how does the president what policy uh, does the president uh, that currently has that would account for more drilling or more lower gas prices? Shutting down the ability for drillers to drill, closing up federal leases, banning or creating national monuments to areas that were once open for exploration. Once you start taking that stuff off, killing the Keystone uh, mm-hmm. Pipeline. There was another uh, example of a policy that shut down the ability of our government to, mm-hmm. or shut down the ability of the private sector to continue to create uh, lower demand by having work on the market. Coal strip electric, we bring that up constantly. You know, the government keeps passing more and more regulations for the coal industry to make it cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. But the technology is not there to make it cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. So, Amen to that. By their, mm-hmm. by their very policies, they create an artificial demand because they remove, for example, coal strips one and two off of the market. All right. You got it. Well, I, I just I just want to point out since 1972, the Environmental Protection Agency established uh, by Nixon to solve the coal problem did, uh, you know, about 70 percent of uh, the uh, pollutants in the American coal burning have been removed, gone. So we, we reported back in uh, 2020 uh, at the end of the year that the U.N. reported uh, that the uh, carbon emi- carbon uh, uh, <coughs> amounts in, in the northern hemisphere were gone. And so it took six months. And we remember that, Tom? We had mm-hmm. the, the U.N. and and NASA and, and the Environmental Protection Agency. They all put out re- these reports. And we, we were staggered by that how quickly the, ne- the planet naturally, uh, you know, returned to normal with regards to the amount of CO2 because no one was driving. But you are right in that policy can affect it. But people that you're talking about, people in the oil industry, energy industry, you know, they're, they're looking forward 30 years. And that, that's why the, the current concern you're expressing is, is in some ways correct. But um, in, in, other way, in other ways, it's not because if, if in, look, Last week, the uh, oil industry just announced that the United States production in- increased to 13 and a half million barrels a day. And uh, you're down from 18 million barrels a day usage to 16. So, you know, you get a million and a half barrels from Canada. So you're not buying that much more oil to solve the needs of your country. So it's interesting California is still paying Eight dollars for a gallon of gas, because they themselves are a large producer, and they also have oil refineries. So, 
I'm not sure how you figure this out. <laughs> well, in the case of California, you've got uh, you've got different blends, and those well, bl- and, and those blends that. aren't made in California. They all have to be trucked oh, in no. from other refineries. That's so that's the reason uh, for California. In addition to that, you also have the amount of taxes you pay per gallon at the pump. Right. Is California that much higher than Montana? You know, they are on everything else. I don't know if they are or not because they have such a huge population, and and it is a flat and mobile, uh, you know, it's not like New York City where it's built up, not out. So I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up, or maybe Shane can look it up between now and next week. We can get that info to you. So, so, but I mean, you you do to say that the government does not affect those things. I think is incorrect. You know, you uh, create a business climate in which mm-hmm. business either thrives or, or does not thrive, and the government is huge in that, based off of what the government is charging in taxes. You see, as taxes go up, business suffers. Why is that? Because people are having money taken from their pockets. And they yeah. can't put it back into the economy. When, of course, we know well, the government we, we, has you're right. When, when you say, yeah, when you're, you're right. When you say the government, that's true. Because a president can set policy like Trump tried to do. And the deep state, as it became known, and we've all learned now is true, uh, just ignored him. But on the other hand, you have a president that, you know, one of his primary jobs in the Constitution is to enforce the laws of the land. And, uh, you know, he doesn't. You have a, they, they don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So there we are. There you go. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank you. It. Bye. All right. Take care. Yeah. Well, uh, the EV rev- revolution is losing momentum, Shane. Uh, Tesla has slashed its prices once again. Ford reduced production of their F 50 Lightning trucks. Postponed $12 billion in EV spending. Mercedes-Benz uh, described the EV market as a brutal space as the company continues to discount vehicles. General Motors delayed three model launches and backed off a public goal of producing 400,000 EVs by the middle of next year. And Honda announced it was ending plans with GM to jointly develop affordable EVs. So there we well, go. Well, that's right. And... And uh, they're, you know, the hybrids have taken over your new car industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 10% of the market because they're $41,000 or less. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with uh, you know, electric vehicles being, you know, basically an average of 51000 they're only 8% of the market. So mm-hmm. when a different type of car that's older than an EV yeah. is doing better than an EV, you got to look at this and go, hmm. Well, the number one complaint, the number one complaint of EV owners is no charging stations. That's right. And no, your government, and uh, certainly the Biden government, as we remember, uh, two years ago, six, you know, $600 billion to build supposedly 64000 across yeah. the country. Yeah. Well, I guess they're not building them where the EV owners are. That's right. They're not. <laughs> Must no. not be. Uh, killing the Keystone pipeline uh, definitely hurt gas prices, and I would agree with that. Not only did it hurt gas prices, but it uh, it uh, eliminated uh, $90 million in property taxes to some of the poorest counties in Montana, paid by Canada. 
We were prepared to pay it, baby. I know. Please. Now, what's Canada doing? Building to the Pacific now instead? In six months, they'll start filling contracts to China and India. Yes, sir. Wow. This just, I don't know. <laughs> After several years, uh, Bozeman cleaned up the urban camper just in time for the big game today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have all these people uh, coming in from out of town. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that, that gate party will be bigger with better barbecue than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, governor Roscoe, a former governor of Montana, uh, famously said the Office of Public Instruction does not account where the money goes. The state equalization property tax uh, goes to them. My 2022 equalization tax was $284.62. In 2023, it was six, uh, 663 So why oh. is uh, the governor, Jim Forty, uh, so set on uh, giving... 20% of the property tax. They're giving the uh, Office of Public Instruction 20% of the property tax. Sorry. So. Well, he's got to put it somewhere. Let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in unrelated news, I heard that George Jetson and his boy El Elroy were, were trapped in their EV between two palm trees above the villages. I'll stick with my old SUV. Thanks, guys. Love you. All right. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate that so much. Uh, let's see. Yellowstone. Well, I, I think it's important to say that COP is meeting in Dubai this this yeah. week, <laughs> this, you know, this, for two weeks to yeah. party and whatever. Um, look, every country now, I mean, literally every country in the EU, um, other major countries in Africa, South America, uh, mm -hmm. Southeast Asia, they're all reversing themselves on claiming, you know, they're not going, they're going to reduce carbon emissions and, and yeah. get rid of the, you know, uh, combustible engine. Well, they can't. They know yeah. they can't. They know they're lying. They know, mm -hmm. you know, they, they could talk about it five, ten years ago that in 20 years. But, you know, it's also, we're, where are we? Aren't we in now 2024? Yeah. Um, isn't that gal from Brooklyn's time up, like 12 years and the, the planet's gone? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so now they're all having to back up uh, Europe, mm -hmm. uh, in particular Germany, Italy, France, and, and Britain all now are saying we can't meet these these uh, numbers. And uh, so we're just... we're. we're we're moving yeah. them ahead. Instead of two, 2030, mm -hmm. we'll we'll try to for maybe 2050, 65. <laughs> All right. 406 522 talk is the number. 406-522-8255. you are on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Hi, Tom. It's Joe. Hey, Joe. Got, got a question for uh, Shane. Sure. Uh, with the dollar taking a bump in the last month, and it got a gain... And uh, I'm thinking, uh, how, how long before I take the gain? Well, yeah. the, the the answer is very simple. Uh, the the Chinese yuan is dropping in value to the uh, American dollar, and their whole effort to create a counter currency with Russia and Iran is collapsing. Uh, so it's just in, in, increasing the strength of the U.S. dollar. <laughs> and with the market in China collapsing, and also I might say in both uh, uh, Japan and South Korea, who are you know 
fourth, fifth largest economies in the world. You know, their interest rates, the Bank of Korea, the Bank of Japan, they're, they're in a real issue here of where they're going to move with interest rates. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next 30 days with regards to interest rates, but the American dollar will continue to strengthen because it's the only game in town. Well, in the globe. Yeah. Okay, well, I was kind of thinking this month probably would be uh, wise to uh, not wait until it made an interest rate uh, change in January. Okay. Well, the, the, yeah, everyone's talking about the, the Fed slowing and reversing itself and starting to reduce rates sometime in the next six to nine months. Not going to happen. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, a lot of people think they're going to raise them after the uh, holiday season. So yeah, I said that. Yes, yeah, yeah. we go into the end of the season. So <laughs> that's why they held off in September, October, <clears throat> November. And you wanted to go over the numbers because Black Friday and Tech Monday were pretty good. They weren't big, but you know they're, they're still sustained. And yeah, higher well, than here. So Americans are. Still, the consumers of the world and saving the global economy. That's mm -hmm. simply put the answer. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. All right. Caller, you're on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Well, thank, first of all, thank you for having Jeff. That was a <laughs> real blessing to hear Yeah. Him. Well, I've been trying to get him on for a while, but we finally got him to get in here so yeah it was, well, it was great the smartest guys in montana as far as i'm concerned <laughs> well thank you so much we appreciate that well you've got a lot of knowledge um i'm really a lot of people are really concerned about this senate vote um coming up you know tester's ads are you know he didn't say a word when the balloon came over or anything about china but now that he's running for his office again. Mm -hmm. He's just coming up with all this stuff that he knows darn good and well that he didn't have a care about it before. Yeah. And I think we better pay attention and get somebody in there other than Tester because he's lied to the to all of us for so many years. He used to be uh, one of the ones that wanted uh, actually a border wall and to speak English mm -hmm. and yeah. all those things. And now he's and the office told me a long time ago, well, you can change your mind, you know. Yeah, well, he lost me when he wouldn't go. Uh, when he wouldn't uh, go after the uh, Keystone Pipeline, because that well, yeah, that's, that's just. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. he's, he's talked out of both sides of his mouth, and I hope that people realize that. And I'm don't know what's going to happen with all the people that are running for the office. That's mm -hmm. uh, a little scary. I'm hoping to hear some good knowledge from you guys on. Mm -hmm. on that issue also well that's why we're here thank you for <laughs> <my> montana <laughs> all right thanks so much for the call appreciate it all right uh let's see thanksgiving day saw 5.6 billion in online spending up 5.5 percent year over year black friday generated 9.8 billion in online sales up 7.5 percent from last year and for Cyber Monday, consumers spent $12.4 billion. That's a 9.6% increase from 22. As uh, is the case every year, there are a few quirks and, tr and uh, trends uh, driving these numbers. Um, in some cases, Shane, I would say that people spent more money buying less stuff. 
That's right. We, you and I talked about this for 12 years. Do you need it or do you want it? Yeah. And Americans are great consumers because they buy what they want as well as what they need. But now your people are more and more being focused on buying what they need and less of what they want or smaller amounts of what they want. Well, the holidays are a time when millions of Americans travel to spend time with family and friends, splurge on gifts and uh, whatever, and they charge that stuff, Shane. Well, uh, nearly one in four holiday travelers will use rewards to fill up the tank on a family road trip and whatever. So uh, members of Congress are supporting a bill that would defund the programs that make credit card rewards possible and strip away the funding that provides a hassle-free, secure payment experience for both you and the stores you visit. They say they want uh, competition, even um, though a similar effort with debit cards ended up costing consumers more money, not less. The only group that benefited were big corporate megastores, which pocketed the money at the expense of reward programs and card security. So, Well, that's true in a large degree with mega corporations because you get catalogs to find user rewards but Mm -hmm. the real problem is the travel industry that's who's after this because literally 20 years ago at 10 years into the program of reward to fly the Mm credit the uh you know and we're talking way back 20 years ago they they came out and admitted they could never reward the people the rewards they've been given to fly. They, there's just yeah. not enough seats on the planes. <laughs> no, and there so aren't. they want to get rid because literally yeah. people have world travel that would mm-hmm. never cost, but they, when they go to try and get a seat on a plane, they can't get one. Yeah. So th- th- it has to be redone, not, mm-hmm. not to save industry, but to save these, these, uh, individual industry, individual companies like, uh, you know, True, air yeah. travel. That, that's the biggest problem because mm-hmm. air travel is one of the biggest overall industries uh, in the world. When people say when you get a new job at, in a town, it creates 10. But, you know, we, 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 if a plane lands in your city, you're, you're talking about a thousand people being touched by the people getting off one plane. Yeah. That, that's how big the industry is. It's huge. Yeah. So having said mm-hmm. that, uh, the you know, Amazon and the others don't want the competition of reward programs of credit cards because yeah. it's hurting <laughs> their business. There we go. Well, today, megastores make 1% to 2% investment uh, when you use your credit card payment networks and card issuing banks use those investments to support data security. Programs for rewards, innovation, and more. This includes rapid uh, alerts that let you know someone may be trying to use your credit card for theft or for fraud. Well, of course, and, and that's always the question because yeah. uh, under law in both our countries, you aren't held uh, liable for anybody that steals or you know hacks your card and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 nice that it's the law but try and get the credit card company to enforce i was going to say <laughs> well i've said for a long time every time you turn around you hear a breach of credit uh, cards from some company here or there uh, you know it makes me wonder why with all these breaches and identity theft and everything else that's going on, why do the three credit reporting agencies still have any credibility whatsoever? 
There I mean, I, I can't understand that at all, that, oh, the credit report says you're a bum. <laughs> and, 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 and on top of that, within the next five years with AI, how terrible these breaches are going to be. Because one of the biggest things it is, is hackers are going to use AI to breach. There you so. go. Say goodbye, Shane. I will indeed. Merry Christmas to you, my best friend forever. Thank you, man. Thank you, everybody. It's a great show. We appreciate all the phone calls. And you know my, my line. Be happy, be safe. Live in the moment, because this is a season of moments. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. Everything's so beautiful. And live to work. Come home to your family with a smile on your face, because you got to get out of bed to do something you want to do. Amen Take to that. care, Thomas. All Merry right, Christmas to all. Thank you for your phone calls. All right. Thanks so much, Jay, for being with me. Thanks to Jeff Krause for stopping by. And uh, we'll have this show up probably uh, replay uh, by the bottom of the hour or so. Uh, if you missed any or all of it, uh, by all means, you can uh, check us out at kmmsam.com. Get over there and uh, click on Tom and Shane's podcast. You'll see the replay. I am out of here. Thanks, everybody.